This is the PGA of Canada Professional Development Podcast Series. Industry leaders, PGA professionals discussing technology, fitness, planning your business, building your career. These talks, these ideas, developed for you to live a better life and earn a better living. So I'm the founder of Golf Business Monitor. It's a B2B golf business blog, uh, probably the only one in the world. Uh, in my blog, uh, uh, it's not just a blog, it's also a golf club marketing uh, consultancy. I'm, I'm focusing mainly on uh, golf club management and marketing, golf tourism and golf equipment. And uh, in the last couple of years, I'm also the official media partner of the PGAs of Europe and the European Golf Club uh, Owners Association. And this is how uh, Matt uh, found me, and thanks to this, uh, we can be together uh, as part of this uh, podcast. So uh, I think many people uh, know you more uh, in the outside of the golf industry, but uh, hopefully uh, more people will learn from you and uh, hear from you, and uh, what I think you should hear uh, from first hand uh, who is Fra- uh, Frank Eliasson. Hi, this is Frank Eliasson, and you know a lot of people do know me uh, from starting social media customer service through Comcast and a uh, Twitter account called Comcast Cares. But over the years, I uh, moved on from Comcast. I worked with Citigroup for five years, and then uh, today I currently work at Xena, which is a PR firm leading digital and uh, customer experience. I've also had the privilege of writing a book called At Your Service, uh, where I really talk about the intersection of marketing, customer service, and PR, and how this all comes together in this new world. Uh, But my background, and I like to say, is I'm a simple customer service guy. This is how I look at things and look at the world. Uh, It's not that sophisticated. We're all customers in many ways. But sometimes within our own business, we don't always put that mindset at the forefront. And so that's typically what I do in any company I work with. Yeah, I think it's it's a great, uh, I mean, a transformation in terms of your career and then understanding that uh, social. If you're talking about social media, it's not just about broadcasting communication; it's about conversations. And and your rich background from Comcast, uh, it, I think it was very useful for Citibank, uh, at least. Uh, <laughs> and a great time while I was there. Yeah. Uh, so and, and and one of my questions would be the first that I know that your book uh, was published four years ago. It's now four. Ooh. Time is running. And one how do you see that how, how the uh, people or let's say customers uh, changed uh, in the last four years? Uh, how would you rephrase uh, your thoughts uh, since the uh, publishing of this book? Well, actually, it's funny. The book is extraordinarily still relevant, and I think it's probably even more so relevant today than it was even back then. You know, today, you know, although social media has changed and what we do in social media has changed, at the end of the day, it's still about creating remarkable experiences that people want to talk about. And so, you know, 
you ultimately, that's how you win in social media when people are talking about you. So customers have changed in certain ways. They now do much more online. They're interacting more online. They're getting their information more online. And it's also when they do finally reach out to maybe a service center, at that point they're reaching out. They've already took care of so many things on their own. So it's making calls much more complicated today. But the mm -hmm. reality is, the basics of the book, which is create experiences people want to talk about, is still extraordinarily true today. And in fact, I would say even more so true today because if you're trying to win in social media, it's hard to get things to distribute. But if people are talking about you, it goes everywhere. And so this is how you truly win. Uh, this is what I uh, partially ma mentioned yesterday when, when I talked about the connected customers and how they are looking for a shared uh, experience and, and uh, I think it's uh, very similar what you said uh, actually that uh, and this is how I think uh, this was a PGA professionals uh, we have to master uh, in the coming uh, days or and years that uh, how they can use uh, these uh, tools and then when they think about a uh, uh, let's say more co uh, customer journey mapping then uh, uh, what are those uh, uh, factors and the uh, places where uh, people's uh, opinion are uh, changing and why they are changing and who are the influencers and who can uh, help them to push toward the golf or, or, or to a specific golf club. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, the, the golf industry is a fascinating one to watch. And you, know, if you don't have to go very far backwards. You know, remember mm -hmm. when Tiger Woods gained popularity? You know, what happened? People felt like he, he was one with them in many ways. And you know, people that weren't typically interested in golf were now interested in golf, and they were talking about golf, and they were willing to learn golf. You know, it's finding those moments. You know, often in history, golf has been viewed as you know, an elitist game or a game for people with wealth or time. But the reality is it is a game for everybody, and it's finding ways for people to better understand that. And you know, whether it be you know, learning the game and you're you know, with a PGA professional teaching you how to get that right swing and trying to get rid of the slice that I've always had, uh, you know, that's something that can be a remarkable experience. It can be something worth talking about. Or you know, certain places where you may play golf can be, you know, that in itself could be a remarkable experience. I was married at a place, uh, TPC Yasna Palana in Princeton, New Jersey. It is a remarkable place. It is a place you do want to talk about and you want to share. You know, and these are the things that golf have to, you know, professionals have to think about. But I would say we have to you know, make sure we're thinking about it across a much broader spectrum than just maybe the core audience of today. We have to make it for the audience of the future and bringing people in and showing these other sides that golf is, uh, is about. It is about community. It is about togetherness. It, you, know, you spend time when you're on a course, you're you know, golfing for you know, three, four hours, and you're together with friends. And you know, this is all remarkable. So, you know, it, yeah, it's and the uh, question is, I would sort of interrupt you. I think it, it, it's just, just about PGA professionals. It's about the club's attitude, how you make your golf club mobile friendly. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's why I mentioned yesterday that the case of the Cape uh, Club by Troon in Massachusetts, that they, uh, they are uh, facilitating this kind of experience by providing USB uh, recharger and uh, other uh, digital uh, solutions that 
it's good for uh, the, uh, for the, uh, such a experience development and creation. Exactly, and I would say at the biggest uh, tournaments, one of the things that they've been doing in recent years is actually setting up Wi-Fi that spreads the whole entire course. But why should that be reserved to, to just the tournaments? That's not the only time people talk. In fact, I would suggest they probably talk more <laughs> when they you know, <laughs> have that you know, great game going on and stuff like that, making it easy for people to share those experiences. And in doing so, you know, they're spreading the word of golf, and it's not coming from you know, just the, the tournament on the TV that someone may be watching. It's coming from friends and family, and people start to realize, you know what, someone just like me is playing. You know, someone just like me does this on a regular basis. And uh, it builds this connection that doesn't always exist. So I think that these are the things that you, you can really work on. Yeah, and I wish that one day uh, this BJ professional will use uh, live streaming uh, applications like Periscope. I think this live is. streaming across the board, whether it's Periscope or even Facebook Live, you know, the future is a lot about video, right? And you know, a lot of things within video can be extraordinary, whether it's learning how, what may be wrong in someone's swing, or imagine the day where you're actually training someone who's not even near you. Um, you know, and, but that day could be today. I mean, we already have the technical capabilities to actually do these things and make it personal, which is one of the things I learned very much in my world is, you know, it's still about personal touches, and I, I don't think we always remember that. We try and make everything automated, but there's ways to do this in a personal, scalable way where we can actually start to teach golf with some of the best professionals around across the world. Yeah, it's, this was what reminds me of the book uh, uh, Macro Economics that was written a couple of years ago, that it said something similar about universities that you don't have to go to to Yale and to listen to a, a lecture, you have to just log online and that's it. And uh, what do you think, what are those techniques that they, of customer service that the PGA professionals could do to shape a, a favorable customer experience that, that will lead to uh, more uh, sales in terms of uh, lessons also about uh, club um, membership. Well, you mentioned something earlier about the customer journey, and it's really interesting. It's one of the things that I kind of you know, think that it's, that's kind of becoming a buzz term that's going to go, go away, and I think that's sad. Uh, <laughs> customer journey is actually extraordinarily important, but I think historically across all businesses, I don't think we do it quite right. So customer journey, let me explain this, in journey mapping, it's about all the emotional touch points that a customer may have or what may be making a decision. You know, when do you make a decision to do what? You do it based upon more often than on emotion than anything else. So what are they feeling? So the first and foremost is understanding the different audiences that the PGA has. You have your established audience, the people that you know, they've been playing golf, they play you know, weekly, monthly, whatever, they play quite regularly. But you also have a potential audience. They watch golf, you know, but maybe they don't play because they don't know how to do it. You know what? What would get them out there? What would make them make that decision and when? And then I would suggest that there's also the journey of people that really don't know golf or don't want to know. Why? Hmm. You know, how do we, you know, how do we tap into their emotion? How do we maybe change their view of what it, golf is about? You know, because golf is 
really it's a sport of getting out there and more often than not we're you know inside way too much nowadays with our technology you know, it's a way of going out and doing different things and being together and so there's ways to do it you know, you don't have to belong to this extraordinarily expensive golf club to go you know, golfing. There are public courses that are reasonably priced that you could still go out with your friends and be out there for a number of hours. Or, you know, how I learned golf was actually very simple. And that was actually, we had a, a course in the States called, that was a chip and putt course. So it was a very short course. And you know what, when I was 12 years old, that's what we did as a family. Where hmm. was my whole family golfers? No. But it was a way to get into it. But it was also a way that we spent hours together. And so think through those emotional touch points and what drive people. And if there's things that are driving people away, what are the emotions that do drive them away? And how do we get into tap those and get change those in their mind and create something different? But it, it, this journey mapping thing is really about hitting every one of those emotional touch points, putting yourself not in your shoes as someone who knows this, but putting yourself in that customer's shoes. What would make them do these things? And I think if you do that, you can really tap into this potential that is out there. You know, because more often than not, sports, there's becoming this, like, in sports across the board, kind of this major disconnect, you know, whether it be because of salaries and all this other stuff, um, mm -hmm. with the fans. But you know what? How do you bring that back to, to a different place and differentiate yourself to get people to go, hey, this is a sport for me. I relate to these people. And you know, remember, the way we relate is not about the amount of money someone makes. We relate when there's someone like me. This is why we related to Tiger Woods when he was out there, and that's why it created that popularity. I can tell you there's other golfers that are the same way. And if we can get them front and forth, at the forefront of things, people will go, wow, that could be me. You know, I could see myself in that position and get their interest in golf. So emotions at every step of the way. And that doesn't matter whether you're a professional golfer or someone who's training people at the driving range or if you're running a club. All of them, it's the same exact thing. What are those emotional drivers to get you there? And what do you recommend for PJ professionals? Should they start to create their content to influence people about golf or let's say videos or how to document and then and they set up their sales funnel and try to create the most relevant materials for this? I, I, I do. I think that it is about you know, creating content, but I would actually suggest it's not about you know, it's creating content that is more emotionally driven. So what's emotional? Uh, people. You know, one of the things when I was in social media for Comcast, you know, the Comcast Cares handle was me. It was my personal account. It was my professional account. Yes, was I helping people? Yes. But it was me. People saw who I was. And it's really fascinating because mm -hmm. in social media you'll hear things like personal branding and all this other stuff. I never wanted a personal brand, yet I developed a personal brand. You know, why did I develop it? Because I was living my passion. My passion was always customer service. And you know, so I lived it in everything I did and still do. And that's all it is. So I would suggest it, it is show, getting that emotion out there. And the players are probably the best ones to do it, but not in this framed up way that's so often the case. 
but actually letting them be themselves and sharing that story of what brought them into the sport, what, why they love the sport, uh, how they got into it, and, you know, and, and the trials and tribulations that went along with it. Because let's face it, any of us who play golf have had those extraordinarily frustrating moments. I don't care if you're a professional or not. You know, how did you deal with it? I mean, you know, what was that driver for you? You know, some people, it drives them away from the game, but others, it brings them closer because they're determined to do better. So you know what? How within your professionals can you get people to see that emotion and see that it connects to who they are too? You know, maybe they got frustrated at a the moment they went out on the course mm-hmm. and couldn't get anything in. You Everybody know, has a frustration. Everyone has that. Professionals have that even today, like as they're professionals. So, you know, that's the thing. I need to, you know, you want people to relate, and it's all about that relationship piece. If you do that, you'll bring so many people in. Okay, I'm going to say that, and I'm turning to the, the next uh, idea. That, uh, because that, what you highlighted, actually, it's, it is totally in line with what Syngenta uh, found in, in 2013 in the UK. Uh, one of the reasons why people are living, and was one of the reasons that they the, the, the stuff of, of uh, golf clubs or the golf clubs in general are not friendly enough and not, uh, how can I say it, in a polite uh, uh, the availability that uh, how it's, so it's, I think, this many times missing. And then this is why I think uh, social media as a, as a tool, it can be good uh, to bring uh, the two parties uh, together. And the, the, but at the same time, I would say, how can a, a PJ professional uh, be relevant and engaging with their uh, current customers and their, their prospects, actually? Yeah, if you think about the, the courses that most of the courses that are around today in the States and the ones I know of, oftentimes are private courses. I was married at the TTC Osna Polana, which is a very exclusive club. And that, that was a privilege that I was lucky enough to have. You know, what, you know what, this, it kind of adds to this, oh, it's an elitist sport. And so you have to find ways to bring people into those. They don't see it as elitism. And that's hard, especially like when you're a, a golf course or a club. You know, you want people to see that exclusivity, and that's why they want to be a part of it. But what they don't realize is in doing that, they're pushing so many people away. Um, you know, from the sport and, you know, from the idea of it or even because they don't see it as something that they can aspire to. And so, mm-hmm. you know, instead of doing that, it's bringing them into it, getting them to show it. And I would even say even in those exclusive clubs, you know, showing the people that are working there and what they're about, you know, because they are people that you could relate to. In fact, you know, my maitre d' at my wedding, I'm still friends with the, the gentleman, even mm-hmm. though he's worked at a number of other places since then. You know, because he's a good person. And so you, you have to bring that out of, of things, and you have to really, you know, connect to it. Golf, I think, is imperative that they start to not be seen as an elitist thing, because if they, it continues that path, they're going to struggle. But if you can kind of show it as one with the community in many ways and do community-based events, which are things that you know, are remarkable, you know, doing things using technology that actually 
allow people that may not have access to be doing certain things, whether it's be teaching them how to have that right swing. Or you know, or even the more basics of the sport, like what, you, what club you use in different situations, but you start bringing that out and you connect it to those emotional, so it's people that they could say, "I relate to this person." You know, technology is going to continue to change. We have you know, virtual realities now coming into play, and there's going to be that technology is going to continue to advance. So there's going to be ways that you can actually be golfing, you know, at some of the best courses around, yet not even mm-hmm. there. Embrace those technologies, but embrace them in ways to help bring people into it. And you know, instead of just allowing others to develop those things and to take ownership over, get highly involved in it, uh, and highly involved in ways that not just have people do it virtually, but do it in a way that causes them maybe they learn that way, but makes mm-hmm. them want to then go on the real course and live life. Because I, I believe there's going to be a lot of things that are going to change about technology. Today, a lot of things about technology are about adding kind of new things to your life or kind of a, um, making a thing, life a little harder in many ways. I think life yeah. is much more easier in the future, and you're going to want to be doing these things in, with people that you really know. Um, it's not going to be like, they, you know, oh, they're a Facebook friend. <laughs> no, they're going to be a real person, <laughs> and they're going to know who they are. Um, and you're going to want to meet them. So how do you get a part of that? It's going to start with technology, using it in a way that is easy, unique, and open to everyone. Tap into emotions, and then bring them out in real life. If you do those things, that's where you'll really win. And that, this was maybe my last question for today. That it's, uh, it sounds that it, it, it will demand from the PGA professionals to change, maybe the, to change their business model to reflect uh, the, the, these changes. I, I, yeah, I think the business model not only is it going to ha- you know change, it's going to have to change. Uh, you know, one of the things that's been on my mind a lot lately, and I'm hopeful to take some time to actually you know, write some of these things out is I'm looking at the world in which we live and I think there's going to be a dramatic shift that's going to happen. Uh, and you know, that shift sometimes may be scary. I'm hopeful I'm writing in a way that won't be scary. Um, but the reality is technology is going to take over a lot of the things that we do. It's going to free up our time. And that could be a good thing, could be a scary thing, but it's going to change a lot of our economics of things and mm-hmm. you know, how we go about doing things. And I think if we do it right, it can be all positive. If we do it wrong, it could be a revolution, which is scary. Um, but if we do it right, then it's going to allow people to actually enjoy life in new ways. Golf should be a key component to that. We're going to be in a relationship-driven world. Golf is a key component to that. So you know you have to make it where they can do that, they can afford to do that, you know. And so you know, as if we do that and we get them involved in understanding all those things and not make it seem like it's this complicated elitist type feeling, people will. You know, anybody I know that's got into the sport loves it, but it takes a little bit longer to get into, especially if you weren't brought up with it. And so you know, this is where it's really important. And I do think it's going to be professionals that start to come out that people sit there and go, they're just like I am. You do that mm. and, you, and your models allow people 
to actually play these games you know, and go out and get on these courses. And I think there's going to be some clubs that are out there that may be typically an elitist club, but maybe you open up on certain days you know, for more people just to allow them to experience the game. You know, that way they become your members of the future. You know, but other than that, you know, if you continue with the same model that is there today, there's so many other things that are taking over younger people's lives. You know, you, if you're in the business world, it used to be you had to know golf as you, you know, moved up the ladder. Mm-hmm. Now you really don't. And so you know, that's not causing them to get to know it. So you have to find a way to capture that younger generation and get them involved. Otherwise, the unfortunate part is your core demographic eventually does die off. And so let's get them in now. Yeah, and, yeah it, it could be a different discussion, I think. Uh, maybe next time we will talk about how, how could be golf relevant to millennials. Exactly. So and they, 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 they have much more purchasing power than any generation before, and, uh, and they are outnumbering uh, the baby boomers, my father's generation. So, but it's a different uh, topic, I think. Okay, Frank. Thank you. These were my questions for today, and I'm really thankful for your precious time and spending with us and sharing your thoughts about customer experience in 2016. Well, I thank you for having me. It's certainly an enjoyable time.